1: Load up on guns Bring your friends It's fun to lose And to pretend She's overboard And self-assured Oh no, I know A dirty word Hello, hello, hello How low Hello, hello, hello How low Hello, hello Hello, 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 hello Wow, that was actually a stunning rendition of Smells Like Teen Spirit by me. I, that's an original song written by me. Um, JK, Smells Like Teen Spirit, obviously by Nirvana. I can't believe that this is the first time Nirvana is a song on the show. You'd think... By our seventy sixth episode, someone would have said Nirvana before. See, I am I allowed to talk yet? you you know what? We there are no rules. Okay, okay, great. <laughs> Very different
2: than high school. Um, I worried that like, oh god, it's this song again. Mm-mm. So I'm glad to be, you know, groundbreaking in a way. You are. Mm-hmm.
1: You're giving old. us, honestly, you're giving us what we all want. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like when people come in with all this niche bullshit no, that I've never heard of. Yeah. I love it. How do you sing stuff you've never heard of? You well, just- I do spoken word. Oh, that's brilliant. Yes, yes. I do spoken word. It's brilliant. Um, and and yeah. I do like expanding my musical horizons and tastes. Right. But, you know, but it's like if you go to see a band play a show. Play the hits, you know? Yeah. You're
2: yeah. waiting to hear the one that Absolutely. you could just go home and listen to, you know, on Apple Music or whatever also. Yes. It's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. But you don't you don't hear new stuff.
1: No. I mean, there actually is nothing worse than when you... Okay. I, I went to see uh, Joy Division. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to hear all the old songs, and I did. And then they started playing. Sorry, I want to see new order, like Joy Division new order. You know, it's was, similar, it's similar. Yeah, I want to see new order. And they're playing all of their old songs, which are great. And then they pivoted, and they started to playing what? their new song. No And no one wants to hear new no. songs No, but we all want to be the
2: kind of people who do want to hear new songs We just aren't
1: I know yeah. But you know when you hear a new song and it's
2: almost like Ah! Yeah Unfamiliar <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah. what is this? Right No, because you, it's gotta, you gotta like break it in to your brain
1: Unless you're the strokes, in which case <laughs> every song sounds right, the same right. So even if it is a new song, it's a, it sounds like an old yes, song Yes, exactly You know? And It was like, it's like, you know, people have joked about it for a million years, but it was when all of us were forced to have that U2 album on our...
2: my husband is the one person I've ever met who appreciated that album and is, like, thankful that it was on. I think he is. I don't, I don't... And here's the thing. If it was anyone else, I'd be like, you're just trying to be contrarian. Right. Um... He likes U2 that much. Wow. That he was just like, cool, a new U2 album. The only, like, truly the only person. For everyone else, it was a a violation. Absolutely. Yeah. I've never heard it and I won't.
1: I mean, it was fully unconsensual. Yeah. And it made me actually not fuck with Apple Music and with iTunes anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, because, like, I would, like, be listening and this is why we didn't have a choice right. like if you're listening to like digitally downloaded music unless you were at whatever it was like that was kind of it there wasn't Spotify there wasn't right. Sound, like right. I mean there was SoundCloud but just different Yeah. Um, and yeah I'd be like listening to my music and then all of a sudden this album would come yeah. on and I'd be like what the fuck right. is this right it's ear rape it is <laughs> someone had to say it yeah, I said it and you said it and I'm sorry that I said it if that helps <laughs> you should have I'm, I'm happy you said it someone had to say okay. it and it was you should i have asked for consent
2: before i said it no okay
1: the because the, the word is an unconsensual word and an unconsensual meaning. yes and right yeah um what do we agree tevi you're upset that we <laughs> we're upset we're moving on okay the year is 1993 <laughs> The year is 1993, and you guys are like, what's going on in the year 1993? Mm. Well, I'm here to tell you. This is from a website called mamateaches.com. I love finding the most absurd like fact toys. Is this like a mamateaches.blogspot.com? I don't know. I mean, it's it's not saying .blogspot, but it certainly does look like a Yes. Fun facts about 1993. Yep. Um, Here we go. Fun facts. In 1993, Bill Clinton was sworn into office. Nelson Mandela was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. And a blizzard hit the East Coast. I love how these three things are in one sentence together. Okay. Number one. This is a really strange one. Put a sun-dried tomato on it. Italian food was booming in 1993. That was like the trendy addition of sun-dried tomatoes. That's
2: like their 1993 version of like put a bird on it. But does this ring true to you? Yeah. Well. What the part that rings true is I remember it was like a hacky comedy thing to talk about like sun-dried tomatoes. They came out of nowhere. Really, I I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I love that. I don't personally remember noticing all of a sudden. Like in your I'd senior year life, of
1: high school, you weren't incorporating sun-dried tomatoes into your day-to-day. I mean, I do remember
2: them being on menus and things, mm. but it wasn't like. I had all these years without them and now here they are. Right. That feels right. Right. Feels like a thing. Okay. But I do remember before that, I remember all of a sudden sushi was everywhere. Oh, yeah. And that hadn't been around
1: before. That was, that really, you know, took the world by storm. It exploded on the scene. It did. (laughs) Um, This is also the year of low fat everything, Snackwell cookies. Oh, wow. I didn't realize they. That it was that long ago. It snack was the Snackwell. I remember I when Snackwells snack snack well, yeah. invaded my home. Uh, shiny fabrics were high in fashion. Everything was about shine, satin, mm. silk, and sequins. Okay, tell me more. Ariana Grande was born in 1993. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. As was Pete Davidson, Megan Trainor, Nile Horan, Miranda Cosgrove, Morgan Wallen and Chance the Rapper. Okay, stop with all the young people. Michael Jordan walked away from the game. Mm. The first Beanie Babies hit the market.
2: Do, do you remember Beanie Babies? In
1: 1993, Beanie Babies included Legs the Frog, squealer the Pig and Chocolate the Moose. I mm. had Chocolate the Moose. You I did? remember that? I did. Was that your only Beanie Baby? We'll get to that in one okay. moment. And I'm going to end it because <laughs> so I have a lo- I actually have a lot to say about okay. this. Um, I'm going to end it with the last two facts I see that I think are good. Jessica and Michael, number one baby names in 1993. Oh, yes. And I'm going to end it on this. Whitney Houston... Mm. Sang, I will always love you. That's yes. when she came out with "I will always love you" in 1993. Okay, and I know that you're wondering where were we in 1993. We were in Orange County, California, yeah. and we are Allison Rosen. Hello, it is wonderful to be here. What a trip down memory lane! I'm so happy to have you. I'm getting. I'm assuming my comfortable talking position. Please. Let's just quickly, we put a pin in Beanie Babies, and I just want to say something quickly about Beanie Babies. My mom was anti. My mom was like, you can't be a hoarder. Mm. I don't want you... Like, collections weren't really, like, a thing in my home. My sister had briar horses. Are those plastic
2: molded horses? Yeah. I think maybe I had one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, She had those, and I think my mom thought that those were, like, chic, Mm. like, equestrian chic, which they were. Yeah. Beanie Babies I had friends that had like tons like a hammock of Beanie Babies. Oh my, my one friend had that would hang over his bed, strange. Um but I was not allowed to have that collection and I always wanted like the Princess Diana Beanie Baby. I there, wanted. There was a Princess Diana. I didn't I was not a Beanie
2: Baby person. Oh yeah.
1: There and it looked like her? No. Thought... <laughs> <laughs> no. What was it? It was blue. <laughs> Was it purple?
2: But what oh. kind? What
1: animal was it? It was like a bear. Bear, yeah.
2: Oh, that doesn't make sense to me.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. It there was I well, I really I always wanted like the tie dye beanie babies. But really, what I was after because we were I was a big McDonald's kid growing up. Mm-hmm. I was really after the mini beanie babies that would be in a Happy Meal. Do you remember those? I was obsessed. I they were like this big. That's adorable. They were and what so were the, cute.
2: Like, What animals were they?
1: All different kinds. And they would be stinky, stinky, stinky like fries. Like they would never, you could not get the stench of McDonald's off of them. And I loved them.
2: This is amazing.
1: It is. Um, Yeah, I never had a beanie baby. Well, you were like 18. (laughs) So you were probably (laughs) like not into it. Yeah, but it could have been an investment. And you know (laughs) what? It's sad that you weren't thinking about investing. I know. I wasn't thinking at all
2: about futures or anything. No, um... Someone gave me a Beanie Baby that I didn't realize was a Beanie Baby. Like a little toy, mm-hmm. a little stuffed thing that because it looked like my dog. Um, and then my dog got it. And we noticed there were all these little tiny like plastic circles, balls yeah. on the couch. I was like, where are these coming from? And then I realized they were leaking out of the Beanie Baby. Because your it dog is,
1: was like fucking with the Beanie Baby. Yes,
2: eating the Beanie Baby. Yeah.
1: But that is what's inside, little... Yeah a lot of yeah one one might say right tons of them so my question mm. to get things started even though i feel like we've already been talking for like 900 minutes me too in a, in good, a good way though, jinx <laughs> what were you what was going on in high school what were you like in high school orange county you know iconic place it was this yes it's di- this, well, was it pre- wasn't, this was pre was this was pre boc yes. but it really kind of has evolved in you know Laguna Beach reality TV the OC TV show there has been a lot of like high school yes. um not ephemera that's not the right word but like high school lore around mm-hmm. the, around orange county yes
2: um and i moved to new york and i was living in new york when the oc came out mm. and i remember thinking i can't believe this show is making me feel nostalgia mm. for a place that i know intimately is not nearly as like dramatic and exciting as mm. this show is making it it was much more just kind of banal and boring that being said um i dark
1: hair Pale, non-athletic. I was going to say, because you're not giving the classic... No. ...OC, blonde, beach, bunny... Right. ...vibe. So I never
2: felt like I fit in uh, in Orange County. I grew up specifically in Corona Del Mar. I never felt like I fit in there. Um, everyone there... I mean, not everyone, but almost everyone. Um, blonde, blue-eyed, very athletic, uh, Republican, conservative, religious... A lot of people became a lot of people still live there. They be they they go to USC, then they come back and they are, you know, they work in oh my god, like real I, estate. Yes, thank you. I was like, they work in realtor? That's yeah, not right. Like what like in the industry, suddenly they all like myself, work in real yes, estate.
1: How did you know I was going to say that because you know? and I know a lot of a lot of I have a lot of friends from Orange County yeah. and I feel like they all say the same thing. They're okay. like they oh, like everyone that moves back there is like conservative, works in real estate, like the whole thing. I have thing. to
2: meet these other people that that emigrated. But um yeah, it just uh No, I've lost. I've completely lost my train of thought because I lost the word real estate, and then I
1: was like, "Shit, what was I gonna say?" It was something about they, back they come back. Did you just feel like a complete outsider all of high school? (sighs) Um,
2: pretty much. So I went. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. I I was gonna say. Okay, so. I don't know how well you know the area, but there's the Back Bay. I don't know. Uh, I do not okay. know the Back Bay, The, the honey. Back Bay is like a it's, a... it's a bay. And so there's like Newport Beach, Corona del Mar. Um, that's on one side of the bay. And then on like the other side of the bay is Costa Mesa and some of the other cities. And the other... So... so I, I went to college and then I came back and I lived in Costa Mesa, which is on the other side of the bay. And in a way, it's almost like other side of the tracks, even though there's like beautiful, beautiful homes on either right. side. Um, but a lot of my Costa Mesa friends are still down there. And I feel like they're they're very different than the picture I'm the of I'm portraying of the people I grew up with. So I just right. want to say, like, there's a lot of Orange County that's really wonderful. And I went on to work for the OC Weekly and Orange County is is actually very big and there is a lot of diversity. But just in the pocket that I grew up in, no, it was just all, uh, it was all like Lenny Riefenstahl's wet dream. Right. You know, just very, these are just, very strong Aryan people. So yeah, I didn't feel like I fit in. I went to a private school from kindergarten through 8th, and then I went to a public high school. And this was my first experience at it was my first experience not wearing a uniform, mm. um which on the one hand was great, but then on the other hand was like, what I don't know, so
1: stressful.
2: Very stressful. Um I the school that I, you know, went to from kindergarten through 8th was so small that it was really like it was co-ed, but these people begin to feel like family members because right. you've known them since you were five. So all of a sudden, just it, I was like thrust into this bigger school. And socially, I just felt like I was floundering. Like right. I was I was very much a late bloomer who thought I was very mature. Um, I didn't know what to do. I, I was very nervous. Um, and I just wanted so badly to be inconspicuous. Mm. So I was just like, I'm just going to try to conform and like fly under the radar. I mean, very different than how I am now where I really, you know, on my show, my various shows and things, I really just want to like be honest and be myself. Then I was just like, I just want to fit in.
1: Well, it's hard to be honest and be yourself when you're like 14. I think so. Because except- it's like, because it's like, who, what does that mean? Like, right. what does that look like? Right. I, I feel like there's, you know, The the reason why I'm so obsessed with talking about this time frame is because it's like in high school, you suddenly feel like you know everything, Mm -hmm. but you know nothing. Yeah. But in the feeling of knowing everything, it's this confidence that like, or lack thereof, that kind of only exists in this like fever dream that is high school, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that it's interesting to talk to everyone about how they navigated that and how they how they dealt with that. Yeah,
2: I mean, I like I said, I was a late bloomer. I'm trying to think like when I really became myself. I think I began to become myself in college maybe, but yeah. it took me many, many years. But in high school, I certainly was not myself. I mean, I was wearing like blossom hats. I, I- love
1: that. <laughs> well, what did you wear to your first day of school? Do you remember?
2: Oh, okay.
1: Because I know I see, have pictures. Your, fr- your freshman year of high school was 1989. Yes. Which is like kind of where we're at stylistically, I feel, right. now. Right. Well, wait a minute. It was 94
2: when I, is that right? Yeah. So 89, 90, 91, 92, 93. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 89. Um, God, I think I wore jeans that were like, Dark blue, but had some kind of like they were like loud, dark blue acid wash jeans. Yeah. Oh boy. And then I believe I wore a long sleeved, like rugby style, oversized shirt from Benetton.
1: You're literally describing what teenagers are wearing to school I know. today it's crazy yeah the one
2: thing that i wish i ha- hung on to was i had some brown suede doc martens cute. i think i had two different pairs of them i have to give my sister who was four years younger than me who copied me in everything except she got those first and then i was like those are cute i'm gonna get those so yeah she was really the trendsetter in the family for the doc martens and I didn't keep them. Like I'm I am a hoarder in every way except for my clothes, yeah. I guess.
1: Um Which is almost like why am I not hoarding my clothes? Yeah, because those are gonna come back. Exactly. It's but, like I'm hoarding I'm hoarding like trinkets that I get on KLM when I fly business class. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not hoarding my shoes? Back before GPS, if you were going to take a trip and you were a AAA member, yeah. you could
2: t- t- stop by, this is how cool I was, you could stop by a AAA office. And get the map book? The triptych. Yeah. Yes. They would make you a custom triptych. It was so cool. I found some of those recently that I've kept for 100 years. I I'm love them. Like, I can't them. throw these away. No. But the clothing I did got rid of. Yeah. Um, and then, what backpack? I had like a one shoulder backpack from Limited or cool. something. And I was on the tennis team for like a week and a half Mm. (laughs) because I really wanted the sweatshirt. I was, again, I've I've explained not athletic. I did not want to sweat. I I have naturally curly hair. They hadn't yet invented like Brazilian blowouts or Japanese straightening or anything like that. So I think I still was wearing it curly at this point. I had clear braces that had just been put on that summer. So my teeth were still very crooked beneath these... Clear braces, metal ones on the bottom. Um, I had big hair against my will. Mm. And I re—I did play tennis. That was the one sport I played. And I did want the sweatshirt. So I'm sure like, it I'm going to was so do, cute. It was
1: super cute. Like but I had rackets on it?
2: I can't remember if it had rackets, but it sounds, I feel like it should. It had yeah. embroidery for sure. So had to go to school early to do tennis. so here's the reason I quit tennis team. Okay. Because the warm up was running two miles. Hell. And it made me dry heave. But these other sleek Olympians yes. could do well, it because you even literally a sweat. were going
1: to school with Olympians. I actually was I know yes. my Carrie
2: Strug is that her name I don't no, know if it's, it that sounds a like gymnast. it there was a Carrie who was an Olympic tennis player Carrie Strug is a gymnast but
1: there yes I was I know I, I mean all of my friends yeah. that grew up in Orange County like all of their friends are like oh yeah do you know Blair Saki I know who that is she grew up in Orange County she was a volleyball Blair was a D1 volleyball player but all of her friends like were Olympian volleyball yeah. Where, players what high school did she go to do you know uh, she's she's been on the show. I, I forget. She went to. I gotta find out. She went to some. Um, I think a, it was like a. gonna say like Campbell Hall? No, it was like a uniform. No, it was in Orange County. Campbell Hall. Oh right, right, right. Modern Campbell Day. Maybe. Modern Day or. um I, I could. Whatever. Santa
2: Margarita. Yes. Oh. I have got. I need to meet these people, and we can have like a support group. I know. So, (laughs) wait. Does she need one though? Do they need support groups? Because I feel like I might have more ire against Orange County than these people do.
1: I think uh, she would probably love a support group. Okay, good. I think she would. And I'm I'm not going to speak for her, but I think that if the opportunity opportunity presented itself, she would not say no. Perfect. So, were you a good student? Yes. Yeah, I was. Were you like Um, academic girl? Yes, I was in AP classes and
2: stuff in mm. high school. So I think some of it was just having come out of this private school that was academically very good, so I placed into advanced classes. Yeah. But so let me just give you so a little bit of background. Um at the private school that I went to, really socially there were like two groups. There was the I'm going to say it was like the popular kids and the not popular kids. Right. But it wasn't like the popular kids made fun of the not popular kids or anything. There wasn't they, – they weren't um at each other's throats. It's just that like popular kids, it was a co-ed group and they were just like faster. Right. And then the less popular kids, we were just more studious and – bloomed later, I would say. So I had like firm standing among the non-popular kids. I enjoyed school. I had a good time. And then in seventh grade, and this is an experience that happened, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but this is an experience that happened to me that, and I, it was like this shame. I didn't want anyone to know. And I've come to find out a lot of people I know had this experience roughly around seventh grade. But anyway, all of a sudden I became the outcast. I was like a social pariah kid. Did something happen? Not that I'm aware of, except that I think, so two things, this new girl came into school and um, I kind of like edged me out of my little group. You got course corrected. I guess. And also I think- It happens. I, my family, we drove across the country in the summer between sixth and seventh grade. Sure. And you missed that on the summer. I missed out the summer, but also it was like six to seven weeks in a car with parents who are still married, by the way, but who are at it. It was just like a very traumatic trip. I think that I think that I was more insecure when I got to school. I don't know. I'm I'm just but I have no idea, really. But so anyway, I became outcast, lost all my friends. Uh, It felt like it was the whole year. It was really like a month and a half but it just was so it felt so devastating to me that i was just like i never want that to happen again i like i I'm, I'm like a complete loser <clears throat> i could lose my friends overnight so when i went into high school i was uh, like i don't i don't want to be who i i made a conscious decision to not be who i was previously. Right. So I'm not going to be conscientious. I'm not going to be nice. I'm not going to be studious. I'm not gonna... I remember I think I wrote in my diary, like, I'd rather be a bitch than be nice. Like,
1: rather, mer- be fe- rather be feared than be yeah. loved. But the thing is, I
2: didn't know how to do that at all. So really, I was exactly the same person, but just like, more. the stakes felt so high. Right. God, it's so stressful. It
1: was really awful. <laughs> it was, These it was things also, like, imprint on us. Like Mm -hmm. I have so much friend trauma. I around that age. Yes. Well in middle school it was always like, well, no, in elementary school, fifth and sixth grade. Mm -hmm. I was friends with like the this popular girl. And she was kind of very hot and cold. Uh Like she would be like, one day she'd be mad at me, the next day she'd love me. Mm then the next she'd be mad at me again so I like That's never so really knew what was going on yeah. and it really stressed me out and I find myself to this day having like there's like post traumatic stress yeah. in my body like right. my friend one of my best friends texted me last night and was like you know calling me my a nickname that she calls me and asking me how I was doing and in my mind I know that she's just asking me what's up. Mm -hmm. But in my like adolescent deep stored trauma, I'm like, she's mad at me. Because I'm like, why is she asking me how I am (laughs) if she doesn't actually want to like attack me? It's very strange. And I'm telling you, this shit all stems from the psychological warfare, specifically young girls, Play on each other, right? Do how long were you friends with this girl? Uh, when I was younger, yeah, I was only friends with her for fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Okay, and then she moved away, and uh, she fucking traumatized me. Mm-hmm. And then middle school was fine, but then high school was like, I was a I was a wreck kind of in high school. What kind of
2: kid were you in high school?
1: I was like. A floater who was also emo, who was also very mysterious because I wouldn't really let people in because I had been burned and I was a stoner. I was not a good student at mm-hmm. all, you know. And where'd you grow up? D.C. Okay. Um. Yeah. But I also <sighs> felt like a fish out of water where I grew up mm-hmm. because I grew up around a lot of like. No, actually, I didn't really feel like a fish out of water in D.C. That's a lie. Around some people, you know, I always had the feeling that I was born in the wrong decade or like Mm -hmm. in the wrong time, that I was living in the wrong time. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel that way when they're kids. I mean, I still sometimes am like, I was talking to these girls yesterday and I was like, I really think we're going to be post social media soon. And they're (laughs) like, no, we're not. And I'm like... A girl can dream. Yeah. You but know? you're not the only one who thought
2: that. I think that there was like when all the Twitter stuff, which by the way is of course still going down, but when it first started going down, weren't there articles? I feel I just feel like I feel like you're you're capturing the zeitgeist and these girls are wrong and we are gonna be in a post social media time, um you mentally, know, even if physically we're still on social media.
1: I agree.
0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: So, good student, dressing yourself, <laughs>
2: not on... <laughs> and, not- and I kept, I had, um, there was a store, I don't think it was a chain, I wish it were. It was. It was called Ixie's, and it was in. Okay, do you know Fashion Island? Of course. Was I born
1: under a rock?
2: (laughs) Of course, I know Fashion Island. Two big malls in Orange County. There's South Coast Plaza indoor mall, and then Fashion Island, which is an outdoor mall. And it used to be much smaller, and then they expanded it. And at one point, they built the Irvine Ranch Market which was the first like grocery store in Fashion Island, which now is, I, I think it's just called Atrium Court, but it had a grocery store in the bottom and then it had all these shops. It was like a, op- you know, like open lobby and then there are different floors of shops. was a store called Ixi's and it sold overpriced stationery and notebooks and possibly clothing as well. Oh. And I bought, it was the coolest thing ever. I bought this notebook that was covered in, ribbed yellow rubber and I know I'm it's I'm describing it like a condom but it really wasn't. Sounds- I'd never seen one yet, but it also didn't look like one. Yeah. Um cuz I decided my personality was going to be I like yellow. I love that. So for a little while I liked yellow, even though I don't like yellow. That's how much I didn't know myself. But in this notebook, I would every single day I would write down what I wore, including also, at the same mall, there was a store called Elong Elong or Elang Elang, and they sold like big acrylic barrettes. So mm. I had a, I had like a flight of different barrettes and giant earrings, also from the same store. So I would record in my Ixie's notebook what I wore Good. and what barrette and what earrings, so that I didn't start repeating outfits because you can't. That's social suicide, right? It's funny. Fat, fat, uh, fast forward to me now in the pandemic and like I basically wear one of like three things Oh yeah, but also I, no one sees me
1: I feel like if I really like in my heart I want to be a uniform dresser like I want to be like yeah. Steve Bill Jobs or, or yeah, yeah Jobs. and just wear like turtleneck right. jeans shoes and that's it like open my closet five things that's yes. it you open my closet you're like mental illness <laughs> what do I see Chaos. chaos okay choke on spit chaos <laughs> literal chaos so wait were you in a clique in high school because i do also feel like these southern california schools it's very mean girls cafeteria yes scene.
2: yes okay so what i neglected to mention was my friend jody uh was very cool and mm. she lived up the street from me so i the the but neighborhood that I lived in, that I grew up in, um, the specific like where my ho- where my parents' house was, that I guess the tract you would call it. There were never any kids there growing up, and then this girl Charlene moved in, and she and I became friends, and it was Charlene. Charlene. She became a cheerleader. It was very exciting to me to all of a sudden have people. Because it this is like all the TV shows that I grew up watching. Right. You could ride your bike to your friend's house. And you could just play in the neighborhood. And I had never had that. So Charlene and I became friends. And she said, do you know Jodi? And I'm like, I don't know Jodi. She lives up the street from us. And she was the same grade as I was, but I went to the private school and she went, the public school that I went to also included seventh and eighth grade. Got it. Um, And she went there and I became friends with her and she and I hit it off immediately. We became really good friends. This is when I was in like seventh, eighth grade, I guess. I didn't realize she was very, very popular. Oh. And so that summer she took me to like, event I think was it like a church youth group or something at the I don't know there were we were at the beach with guys who were very attractive who were like the most popular guys but I didn't realize this until we got to school and all of a sudden I like put it together that oh my god like these it's like I psyched I don't know if I psyched myself out I don't know if they sniffed loserness on me but it, for a little while yeah I was Hanging out with very cool kids. Um, and I remember she's, you know, this is also the time of passing notes. And I remember Jody wrote me a note for like the first week and she's like, don't be scared. There's nothing to be afraid of. And I didn't, hadn't even told her. Like, that's how obvious it was on me. Right. Um, but, but going to high end new school is intimidating for anyone. Yeah, it is. But anyway, then at some point, I saw, I was in Jody's car, I guess, and I saw a note from a one of these other girls to Jody saying how much of a poser I was, or a follower, or something. I don't know. And I was just like, "Oh my god, it's happening again." Um, and then Jody, but but I was.
1: I mean, they but really didn't. Zero... Do you know what I mean?
2: Jody wasn't
1: sure. Jody was cool. But this girl who wrote the note... She sucked. Also, she's yeah. only calling you a follower because she probably identified a follower in herself and felt insecure.
2: Yeah. I mean, she did not have it all figured out. So One cool party I went to that year, she got alcohol poisoning. She was... She, not that year. That... My time in high school. Right. She... Yeah. She, look... She was struggling in her own way, too, I'm sure. Of course. <laughs> but also was kind of a bitch. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I think at that point, I once I saw this note, I was like, I'm going to stop trying to fit in to the Like, I'm not fitting in that well anyway in this group, so I'm going to stop. But so anyway, a turning point for me was by senior year, I had two best friends, Katie, who I had been a friend of mine since the school before. And then our friend Jen. It was the three of us. We hung out all the time. Um And then, no, sorry, this was junior year. Katie, Jen, and I, and 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 Holly, and then there were some seniors that we were friends with, and we had our own little crew. And I would not say we were a clique, uh, but we were a friend group. And there was this guy Brad who he was a senior. he ended up hooking up with all of us. Like, we all had this complicated relationship with Brad. And when we realized all of us had this relationship, we were like, wait a minute. But before that happened, in the honeymoon period of just getting to know Brad, right. uh, he and I went to Fashion Island oh. and to go Christmas shopping. I remember at the time, I don't know if they still make them, but there were candles that were in the shape of a circle uh-huh. and they had like a clear wax core and you'd light it and the whole thing would, gl- would glow. Is this ringing a bell at all? They were like cool. They were super cool. They had just they, they just like sushi. They exploded on the scene. It sounds very cool. But we ran into Charlene, who, like I said, was a cheerleader, right? And I remember thinking, Brad's gonna think I'm so cool because I know Charlene, and she's a, maybe she was even wearing her cheerleading clothes. I don't right. know. And she walked away, and then he's like, "Ugh, I can't stand cheerleaders." And I was like, "Wait a minute." I can't either. It like unlocked in me my, like, my tr- it's it's so silly, No, it, but it really was like a huge formative experience right. because I was like, oh my God, I've been trying so hard to pretend that I'm like, have school spirit and I like right. all this stuff, but I really don't like it either. Yeah. Lynn was fine, but the whole like <sighs> pep rally, all of that, like it was not me at all. Right. So then I slowly started like kind of turning more into myself.
1: That's ex- okay, all thanks to Brad. Thank you, Brad, and yeah. Fashion Island, mm-hmm.
2: and candles, and Charlene. In a way, I'm sorry, Charlene. You know, you might say she was like used by the experience, but no,
1: she was just there. She was as like fine. A, yeah, she was just there as like a to- as like a token. Yes, yeah, she was I mean, an archetype. I guess token is also
2: using someone. right. No, she was an important catalyst.
1: Yes, she was a catalyst. Yes. Yeah. Um, did you drink and do drugs in high school? Um, I smoked pot a couple
2: times, but I never, the first time I really felt it was my prospective student weekend at Pomona College, which before we started, I was saying that's where I ended up going. Um, I believe that was the first time I smoked out of a bong Mm. and that was the first time I actually felt it. I like tried to convince myself that I felt it the other couple times, but I really don't think I ever did. Yeah. And it was like out of, Tin foil, yeah um but yes i did so like the very end of my high school experience i started experimenting with pot i with my cool friend jody yes did have some sips i smoked my first cigarette with jody and I drank my first beers with Jody. And I remember I would take a few sips and I would feel this like light feeling in my brain. Yeah. That I then decided, like, those are brain cells popping. That's what's happening. That's really funny. Which maybe it was, I don't know. Um, and then like I said, this party where that not very nice girl got alcohol poisoning. And I know this from my diary as well. Yes. Uh Someone said she's alcohol poisoning. I said, should we call 911? And everyone laughed like this was like the most ridiculous thing to say. I still feel like it was not the worst thing to say.
1: No! <laughs> when someone is alcohol poisoning, you probably should most definitely call 911. Although, I don't but know what how they... they do?
2: I mean, pump your stomach. Well, yeah. it's already in your bloodstream, though. I don't monitor you. I don't know. I actually don't know how they knew it was alcohol poisoning versus like she... Just Drank. being so drunk. I think she was just so drunk that she threw up and was like, they were having trouble, you know, getting her to like sit up. Right. But that was just a regular occurrence eventually. But anyway, um, I know that I went to this party and I had a can of Dr. Pepper and I poured half of it out and I filled up the other half with vodka, which by the way, isn't that like just a small ver- version of a Borg? Yeah. Now, um, but I would later look back on that and be like, oh, my God, that was so much alcohol. But I did drink, but I don't think I really felt drunk. Yeah. Um, and I certainly didn't experience a hangover until after college. Yeah. And I did, you know, ultimately begin to drink too much. Sure. I don't drink anymore at all. Um, but at that point, it was just experimenting. And, oh, my God, I just remembered I also, in my experimenting... My parents had like a liquor cart Uh and they had tons of bottles of stuff. So late at night, I would mix like triple sec and diet seven up.
1: Oh, yeah. But again, I never felt it. Right. I think I got hungover once in high school. Mm
2: -hmm. What did it feel like for you?
1: I think I was sick. Okay. I was just sick. Like not now when I'm hungover, I'm like, I'm like, <gasps> like I like, can't breathe, yeah. I'm like, panicking. I mean, now, thankfully, I don't, I try to not yeah. get into hangover territory, but being hungover when you're younger, Mm-mm. I just I remember it's feeling just more rare. sick. Well, you your liver is still, right, your like, body, fresh. Yes. I remember, now my liver is like, bitch, please. <laughs> my liver is like, please stop.
2: No, you get to a point where you almost start to feel, or maybe not everyone, but I got to a point where I started to feel hungover while I was still drunk. Oh, <laughs> like, sure. Like, it wasn't the next day. It's like, and my husband, like, the other night, he he's like, I do not feel good. I had a beer earlier. It's just, yeah. Yeah. To a point where your body is just like, no, thank you.
1: It's, it's... I think, I always think, like, one of these days I'm never going to drink again. And then I drink I again. I, I mean, maybe one day you won't. But I I, I do love drinking. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm the one person left in this in this town <laughs> that is, like, open to just be like, right. I, I do love drinking. I love having a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. I love having a margarita. I do not like getting really drunk Mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever liked getting really drunk i think i like the social aspect of drinking so that's when i find myself getting really drunk but i don't like how i feel like i feel sick now Mm -hmm. when i get really drunk that's kind of where i'm at i could never
2: hold my alcohol like i said i never felt it until all of a sudden i started feeling it i could never hold it well And I would go from, like, sober to being too drunk, like, so fast. I was such a lightweight, even though I was not lightweight, but... um, It happens. Yeah, I I envy people who can, like my husband, actually, can have a few drinks. His personality doesn't change. You can't tell he's drunk. He's just, like, he, he just manages it and maintains really well versus I would, like, I feel like my eyes would get, like, wonky. I would slur.
1: Yeah. I think I just become, like, jolly, more jolly. Oh, see, that's good. That's yeah. the dream. That's the goal. Now, another thing I'll yeah, say. Yeah, sad. I'm I'm bravely the one person on <laughs> earth who becomes better when they drink. Yeah. I. Um.
2: You might know this from your other Orange County friends, but I do think there were a ton of drugs in my high school. I was just too innocent to ever be around them or see them. Um,
1: like, I'm sure there were but there 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 are drugs I think at every school, mm-hmm. but like it really depends on like the click and the pocket that you're in and it sounds like you were <laughs> a pretty focused teen
2: yeah, I didn't but I w- yes, I was I was like railing against it inside because I didn't wanna I wanted to be cool and I wanted to fit in and I wanted to experiment and I wanted to have all the experiences that were in my. Like I read um, books in this young love series, yeah, uh, which were like just teen romance novels, and I read all the Sweet Valley High books, all the ba- the Babysitters Club books were very innocent, right? But I wanted to experience, you know, I read Seventeen, and right. I think Sassy was around already, and all those magazines too, and I really always wanted to be older than mm-hmm. I was, and I. God, I wanted my period so bad. Until when did I, you get your period? I got it at 13. So, okay. Yeah, but I, but I mean, I had wanted it since I was like nine or something.
0: Whoa,
1: to it, want your period? That's the craziest it thing was I've ever heard. I, and I mean, well, now, of second, course, I want my period every yeah. month, okay? But I'm just... No, the second I got it, I right. was like, oh,
2: I hadn't thought this through. Because I thought you just like... Look it down in your underwear. It's a few drops of blood. You're like, I'm a woman now. And then it all happens. I didn't realize that, no, you like have a period for yeah. a week or so and you have to deal with it. And I was in not I was not ready to I was like, I, I can't do tampons and I also can't do pads and I hate it all. So I'm just going to I would stay home from school because I just could not cope.
1: I mean, it took me a while. Bless your parents for letting you stay home. from. My school. mom
2: was so frustrated with me. But yeah, she did. I mean, I don't think I stayed home right the entire time every month, if I even got it every month at that point. But um yeah, it it took me a while to like take it in
1: stride. Wow. Oh my God. Knock, knock, knock. Is that a door knock I hear? Why, yes, it is. <gasps> we are in the high school guidance counselor's mm-hmm. office. In this section of the show, you get to rectify a wrongdoing of your high school past. You can apologize to someone, say fuck you to someone, or both. Whatever it is, whatever trauma is haunting you, we resolve in this very moment and then you never have to think about it again. I love
2: that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like my greatest trauma. I mean, okay, I do have a trauma that happened. Yes. Um I worry that I'm going to walk away from this and everyone who hears it and sees it and is in this room now is going to be like, "She's so bitter." And I just no. want everyone to know. <laughs> I have moved on except for sometimes
1: by the way i'm i uh literally like was in my hometown doing shows some people came out that went that went to my high school who i was very happy to see but also i'm like huh all the dolls coming out of the woodwork now all the dolls where were you where were you back then exactly oh look at oh look at you most popular girl in
2: my school asking me to be friends on Facebook. Hmm. Exactly. Because I went to high school with you and I don't recall you wanting to know me then. Absolutely. <laughs> I get it.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Um, so anyway, this is a story that I actually don't think about very often. I think I've suppressed it. It's a very, because it, it's so like, I cannot believe this happened. I was on my high school newspaper. um, And... I was the editor of the in-depth section. So our school newspaper was called The Trident. There was a section called In-Depth where we would look at like one topic in depth. So in my time there, we did like racism. And I (laughs) hired Dave Rafalovich, who was like one of the best artists in my class, I wonder if he's still an artist. I should look him up. My reunion is coming up and I think Ooh. I'm going to go mostly so I can talk about it on my podcast. But you should go. I, I, I got to find out what you got
1: to do everything
2: for yeah. content in this exactly. life. And he drew two hands, shaking hands, and one was white and one was black. I mean, we are talking deep art. Yeah. So racism. Kind we, of imagery no one ever thought of before. I it was mind blowing to me um it really made me look at the world in a different way and uh we did sensationalism and someone had gone to see a taping of Wally George do you know who that is no. you might be too young yeah he was on I think it was public access in Orange county and he was like super like trumpy Republican guy before other trumpy Republic mm. I mean this was like
1: he I think he before had- knew he was the Yes. Ew, I don't even like saying his name on my podcast. Can we bleep that? Yeah, let's bleep it. He,
2: I think he's Rebecca Namorne's father or had been married to her. I can't remember. But anyway, um, just a very heated, sh- like, polemic show. I don't know if I used that word right, but I'm going to go with it. Anyway, I, anyway, anyway, okay. So I was the editor of the In Depth section. It was my senior year. I was also in AP classes. I was trying to get into college and, And I was just like, I'm very overwhelmed and I can't do all of this anymore. So I wrote a letter to the teacher who, like the grown up who oversaw the newspaper. Her name was Mrs. Mook. And I don't mind mentioning her name and I think she might be dead. But anyway, not because of this. So I wrote a letter to her explaining that like, I'm overwhelmed and I need to quit. And I gave it to this guy, Chris who I thought was nice, but I didn't know he was a snake. Uh, I gave it to him and I said, could you give this to Mrs. Mook? And that was that. And then I was in class and my two best friends, who I mentioned before, Katie and Jen, like, like came to the doorway and they're like, "Allison, Allison," And I'm like, I'm in civics. Yeah, <laughs> We're in the middle of learning something I'm going to forget. Um, and, like, and they pulled me over and they're like, your letter, is they blew up they blew up your letter and it's taped to the wall in the newspaper office. And I'm like, what? So anyway, all the kids in that class, and by the way, I didn't like my days of being a humongous loser, I thought were behind me. Right. I didn't think they all hated me. And I don't think they did. I mean, Holly was the editor-in-chief of the paper and she was like a friend of me. She also had one of these weird relationships with Brad. So um, anyway, my paper, my letter was handwritten, but they retyped it and blew it up huge and taped it to the wall.
1: Why? I don't know. It still doesn't make sense to me. But a letter where you're just like, hey, I'm really overwhelmed. I have a lot going on and I can't do this anymore. Yes.
2: I... I may have also said in there like, I don't feel like I'm getting enough help from the people. Calling under- them out, I, but I don't. I didn't name anyone by name, right? D- and honestly, I don't know that I said that. I'm guessing. Right. I'm guessing that I felt like too much work was falling on me, and like the pe- maybe people are missing deadlines. I don't even know. I really, it really wasn't that's like a. Humiliating. Oh poison- well, yeah. So I remember walking in. I think it was the, it was called the 400 building, walking into the room in the 400 building to look at my, can we curse? Yeah. and my dang letter. yeah You can say anything And hearing people say, that's so sad how they did that to her. And I'm like, I'm hurt. I didn't say that, but I was thinking like, I'm hurt. Like other people felt sorry for me that this happened. But I remember wondering, why did Mrs. Mook let this happen? And she's like, I just feel like it's important for people to understand the pressures that, you know, section editors are under or something. I was like, that's not how this is reading. No. So I want to say fuck you to her.
1: Wait, was she the one that blew it up? And she put... didn't blow
2: it up, but she let them do. It. So Holly, who also deserves a bit of a fuck you, although I saw the attendance list for the reunion and she is going to be there. And she and I have been friendly since. Right. Um. But she was editor-in-chief and, she, you know, really Mrs. Mook allowed us to run the paper. She was just the, you know, the teacher advisor person. Right. But she and she taught journalism. Um But she's but still responsible. She saw that I think so, too. I think so, too. She's
1: like the adult overseeing yeah. the kids on how to act.
2: I do know that I was like, I cannot believe during newspaper class or newspaper period or whatever it was called they sat there retyped my letter printed it out for all i know this is on paper where you had to like then pull the perforated edges off this is how long ago that was um i don't think they invented laser printers yet i don't really know um but i mean this was a project that they spent their time on i do remember thinking like this is what I'm saying. Like they spent all this time on this, not on putting the newspaper right. to bed. This is why I had to quit. Um so I don't know if any of if that kind of like attitude was in my letter. I really was surprised and I really was like I don't know what point they're trying to make by this except that it's like it is hugely humiliating. So my fuck you is to her for not putting the kibosh on that. What the what the hell, lady? 100%.
1: Yeah. Well, fuck but also her. can I also give a fuck you to all the people who did that? Yes, that is fucked up. It is. It's fucked up and it's rude. <sighs> and you were just overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed, and uh,
2: yeah. I mean, may, I should tried I probably should try to quit in person.
1: Whatever. I, I mean, was it's seventeen. Like you were 17. <laughs> yeah, give me a break. Uh, Tevi, do we have a classmates' corner today? We do today. It's short and sweet. Oh,
0: okay. We love short and sweet. (laughs) So Paige says, hey, Greta and guest. Hello. Huge fan. Been listening to you since Lady Lovin' and the worst and now loving senior superlatives. I have a very simple fuck you that I'd like to give today. In high school, a girl who hadn't liked me since elementary school took to form spring to call me a pudgy brat. Jokes on her because it turns out that now that we're adults, all of the gays, guys, girls, and theys love my wide hips and that I'm bratty. Stay cool, never change, Paige.
1: Okay, well, very short and sweet and straightforward. I'm happy you aired your grievances (laughs) on the show. And we will say fuck you together. Fuck you. For everyone. I love it when it's a good fuck you on the show.
2: And it seems like she's happy with herself now, which is the ultimate revenge. It really is. What was Formspring? I don't know. What's Formspring? It's ringing about so
0: glad you asked. Um, it was a website where you can send anonymous questions to someone. Oh, really? But clearly, it wasn't anonymous. Yeah, and how do you send
1: questions
0: like It was you're like a, a little box. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a little, it's a website you went to, and there was a little box that you can ask a question, and it went directly to the person who posted the link in the first place. So people would say, post in my form spring. Oh. But it was anonymous.
1: Oh, and then people can just anonymously bully you on your form spring.
0: Yeah. yeah, but
2: apparently she knows who it was. Okay, well, brat was a real insult for a while. Yeah, you're a brat. And they in seventh grade. The you know the girl who came in and edged me out of the way called me a brat. Yeah, and they were being like, okay,
1: um, ew. Someone saying you're a brat. What a fucking bitch. Yeah, fuck you to her too. But yeah, um, I don't. You don't
2: hear brat that much anymore, do you?
1: I call people brats. You do? Yeah. Okay, I take that back then. Yeah, I'll be like, you're a brat. How do you mean it though? That they're brats. That but they're like being they're a being annoying? Brat. Yeah. My okay. sister and I call each other brats. Okay. When we fight. You're being a brat. That feels right. I call myself a brat sometimes. Mm. I have to. But I kind of think that being a brat's cute. Right. Because
2: Is it because <laughs> of the brat
1: stalls? Yeah. That's like brat stalls are cute. I'm also just like, I must be like, sorry, I'm being a brat. You know? Mm-hmm. But like, whatever. I,
2: maybe I'll take brat. Maybe I'll start saying brat because typically when I send an email that I worry is annoying and yeah. it's usually like checking in about something. I always something. say I don't
1: mean to be a brat.
2: Okay. See, so I say don't mean to be a pest, but, yeah. or sorry for being a pest, but.
1: Don't mean to be bratty. But.
2: Maybe I'll switch to brat just for
1: fun. Yeah, just don't for mean like to be a, a brat. You should start calling season. your kids brats.
2: Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's, and they can be. And it's healthy. And
1: it's accurate. It's healthy to hear.
2: Yeah really yeah it, I, I gotta give them something to talk about in therapy yeah no, I'm thinking like i never called a, them brats you should look out. at your
1: kids and this is really good you should look at your kids and you say you, you're being fucking brats okay and then don't cold face walk away
2: right I wonder if they would even know what it means you know what they will know what it means because my six year old he just turned six he's in kindergarten
1: Did he started saying fuck
2: no my he has never said fuck but my four-year-old when he was three said it Oof. um our babysitter said that uh their, their names are elliot and owen and said that owen said something really funny in the car he referred to something as a tongue stickler instead of a tongue twister and She and she's <laughs> really, really funny and i said owen what was the tongue stickler and he said fuck <laughs> that's really funny and I never found out what the tongue stickler was, but it certainly wasn't. And it was one of those things I all of a sudden understood when like you're trying so hard not to laugh because you don't want to Encourage reinforce it. it. Yeah. But all like uh, our babysitter and my husband and I all just went like,
1: I'm trying I like, to hold it in so bad. It was so funny. I fear for myself. Like, I really am like curse words are language that is used to express feelings. Yeah. But I curse like there is no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I have such a every sentence I say a curse word. It's bad. I'm kind of like that, too. And I can only imagine what my future child will speak like. Yeah. I'm sure it will be like they'll be like three and they'll be like hey mom I just took a shit why don't you fucking clean it up (laughs) you know and I'll be like okay like I'm sure
2: of that at a certain age I think they can understand these are words we use around the house we don't use these words outside probably not three
1: yeah I mean I guarantee you my eight year old will like get in trouble at school and come home be like my teacher was being a fucking bitch (laughs) because they hear me say that All the time. Right. Well, good for me. I don't have a kid yet. Yeah. Um Maybe you'll have a really cool kid because they cut their language. Yeah.
2: On the tip of their tongue.
1: If you go back in time and give your high school self any advice, what would it be?
2: (sighs) Um don't be so scared. Don't be so worried. Just and also stop I mean but also young me is not going to listen to this, but in a world where she could don't think about what they think about things. Think about what you think about them. Do you like this person? Do you like these clothes? Do you like this music? What do you think of this situation? And cause all that matters is your opinion of it. You're trying so hard to predict other people's opinions That you don't, you're, you haven't, you've either lost touch or haven't formed a connection with your own thoughts about things. That's really the most important thing. That's what I would say.
1: That's good. I think that's what we all need to say to our high school selves.
2: Yeah, really. I know. It's good. And also, I know you're not going to believe me, but things are going to be okay.
1: Yeah.
2: Get into therapy early. I would say that too.
1: That's good. Yeah. Did you go to your senior prom?
2: So I didn't go to my own senior prom. Um, one of my best friends, uh, still to this day, the guy who officiated my husband in my marriage is Ooh. named Trevor. He went to my high school freshman and sophomore year, and then he transferred. So he lived in Colorado, and he invited me to his prom, just as friends. Uh, but So I went to Colorado and went to his prom with him, and I missed my own, and I was fine with that.
1: Oh, that's good. Yeah. What did you wear to his prom? I wore a
2: dress that was sold as a formal dress but like should have been a wedding dress. It was big and white and poofy and lacy. It it didn't have a train. Do you have pictures? <sighs> somewhere I do. And I can get one to you and it will be so humiliating, but I know that I have pictures somewhere. I love it. Yeah, I wore a black choker with like a giant silver heart on it. And Again,
1: very in style now. I know.
2: I For years, I wore a black choker with not the heart one because it was too big, but with like a silver medallion. Yeah. And then I went to South by Southwest way before everyone else was when it was really just a music festival. Yeah. I, I went year after year because I wrote about music at the time. Um, and I made out with some guy, which was... It was and I lost it in the course. No. And we were in public. We were like at a club and we Hell. made out. And I lost it. Yeah. And it was like... <sighs> a real bummer yeah so anyway though this big white poofy dress uh again this is probably before your time but there was a brand jessica mcclintock
1: oh i Do you know, know jessica, jessica McClintock? mcclintock okay it we was we've jessica Ma- a lot about jessica mcclintock on this okay pod. wonderful
2: in terms of dresses that people wore
1: it just like the cult mall culture yeah. jessica mcclintock it was very that
2: i also had jessica mcclintock perfume which was the most like it was like sharp and it was it was like violently floral oh i love that it was like it made your eyes water and it made you sneeze that was my perf not my actual perfume that i wore all the time was new west oh my god my sister and i still to this day think it's like the one of the best smelling perfumes it was like it almost smelled like dracar Mm, like the female version of dracar which i still like the smell of dracar Um, It was very fresh and clean smelling, but I also had Jessica McClintock. Yeah. So I any formal dress I had was Jessica McClintock, just giant broad shoulders as it should be. Yeah. As God intended. Exactly.
1: Um, And my last question on the pod, which I can't believe we're already done. It's gone by fast. It's gone by fast. Mm-hmm. Did you have a senior superlative?
2: No. Did they do them at your they school? They did do them. And in the car on the way over here, I was thinking about the girl who won. At my school, we had a senior superlative for best personality.
1: Oh, hell. Did you have that? No. My high school gave weird ones. Okay. But when I when I hear these, like best personality, most attractive. Yeah. All of this stuff. It's so rude. It. Thank you. That's what I was thinking. Like.
2: How was that even determined? And yeah, the who girl comes together
1: and is like, "You know who has the best personality?" The the girl that got it was popular but kind of friends with everyone. Also, how lame are you to be like sitting there being like, "I really think that uh I really think that Jessica has the best personality." Yeah.
2: What? The what I remember looking over and seeing that this girl Jean had voted for me for best eyes. Oh. I think it's the only vote I got but I remember just being like Jean I never knew you felt that way about my eyes well, thank you we were math eyes. together It eyes so like yeah come on so when I would go to the orthodontist office he the orthodontist had daughters who went to Harbor High School which uh, was the high school across the bay where yeah. the where the people that I think I would have fit in more with went and I would like just pour over their yearbooks and they had like most likely to start Sorry, I banged your microphone. Oh, it's okay. Most likely to bang. Most likely to start a revolution. Yeah, sure. Best artist. I would love most likely to start yeah, a revolution. My friend, who I later played in a band with, is now married to this guy Neil, who won most likely to start a revolution. Now that's a cool guy. Yeah, that's the thing. Is when she met him, I was like, I know exactly who that he is. He was most likely to start a revolution because I've been pouring over yearbooks from the high school he went to I know that's weird but I know a lot about him I know he has very short hair now he used to have long hair and he also won best artist and he posed with a paintbrush and a palette wow No, yeah a palette but anyway my high school just had like Susie Quad no was it was it Susie and no I think in my mind they're just Susie Quad and Chad Quad but it was like king and queen of the quad right um we probably had best artist we probably had like most theatrical. Ugh. I didn't
1: win any of these. Well, we give you best eyes. <gasps> thank you. We give you best that, eyes on that, this guys. pod. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. I appreciate that. Um, Thank you so much for coming on thank my show. Thank you for having me. And sort of reliving. I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface. We didn't.
2: We didn't. But no, but I'm. I, I say that in a way of like, because still high school waters run so deep.
1: And I, I feel we like we to, really I, you know, I say to some people you need yeah. to come back on for a part 2 because I mean, when people are really open to talking about high school they have to come back.
2: I would love that. Please Can do. I tell you I was at my parents' house recently and I grabbed a big stack of yearbooks I and that. I was like I am going to go back to my house where I'm a grown up and I'm going to read what everyone wrote to me cuz it'll help me make sense of high school and I cannot bring myself to crack the yearbooks. Well, I've been intending to but I just haven't. Like but that's how open them? I mean, I, I just haven't read them. Is what I'm saying. I I was gonna read what everyone wrote to me. You have to read what everyone wrote to you, and
1: then read your journals, and then come back on. Okay, sounds painful. And then tell me if you've decoded everything. I will. Okay, I will do that. Reading Sanskrit.
2: Yeah, I mean, oh, because I just feel like it's gonna be like, you know. Can't wait to see at the beach. We made it. The hieroglyphics
1: of high school. Yes, it's
2: gonna be nothing about me personally. But I I mean some of them were long senior year, because it was like this space, save for Katie. Yeah, like
1: inside jokes that you don't remember anymore. I remember like reading one of my yearbook things. It was like it was like two amazing times in the parking lot. And, like, the popsicle sticks, lol. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know what this is. Right. Or, like, waffles for life, someone wrote. And I'm like, I don't know. I literally don't know what they're talking about. Did you eat
2: a lot of waffles?
1: Who the fuck knows? I feel like you
2: must have. Was it four, the number four? Yeah. L-Y-F-E. L-Y-F-E. Okay, yeah.
1: Um, I'll do it. I'll
2: decode. Yeah. Um, Where can all my listeners listen to you? Please listen to my podcast, Alison Rosen's Your New Best Friend. Okay, I have three podcasts. Alison Rosen's Your New Best Friend. Uh... Which comes out twice a week, Childish, which is my parenting ish podcast with Greg Fitzsimmons. And then the new one I just launched, it's a Patreon only podcast. It's called Allison and Todd After Hours. I used to do Upworthy Weekly with Todd. Uh, That is no more, but we've rolled it into Allison and Todd After Hours. So for that one, it's patreon.com slash Todd, uh, no, excuse me, patreon.com slash Allison and Todd. It's just 2 hours a month. Uh, and then follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm lightly on TikTok, the Allison Rosen. Oh, and YouTube. YouTube.com slash Alison Rosen.
1: I love it. Three pods. Three pods. I salute you. Thank you so much. I
2: feel saluted. You're brave. <sighs> I'm just living my truth. Good. You know, after after the debacle of high school. You
1: must. Yeah, try. <laughs> wow. Once again, another absolutely iconic episode of my perfect podcast, Senior Superlatives. Thank you so much for listening to me. Um, please write us Classmates Corner. You must write in. Senior SuperlativesPod at gmail dot com. Please come and see me uh, live June. 19th and 20th at the Elysian Theater in Los Angeles. And then if you're in New York, you can come and see me at Littlefield, July 27th. You know, I love seeing you at my shows. And I love you all. And, uh, you know, please, positive reviews only. We don't like negativity on this show. Five stars. Uh, Once again, free service. (laughs) Yeah, And, um, you know, I love you all. Stay cool. Never change. Until next time. Ciao.